Good morning. morning. Lord's blessings be with you this day. Uh, Why don't we begin our time together? Uh, And the subject of our time together, time, with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your many blessings. You provide for us house and home, food and drink, all that we need to support this body and life. You give us your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior, to give us forgiveness and salvation. And there is no time or place where your Holy Spirit is not within our hearts, where you do not dwell with us. Truly, we are never alone in time or space. And so we thank you for your presence. Lord, be present here now amongst us during this time of worship. Fill our hearts anew with your joy, with the forgiveness of sins and your gospel. Fill us up with good things that we might go out into the time that we have left and share that good news of forgiveness with all those who are around us. We pray all this in Christ's name. His will be done in our lives daily. Amen. Our first lesson for today is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I preserve that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor nothing taken from it. God has done it, so that people fear before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what, he, what has been driven away. O Lord, have mercy on us. Our epistle lesson is taken from James chapter 4. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. 
So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. O Lord, have mercy on us. Our gospel today is taken from Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. What an interesting sound. In the average lifetime, a person can expect to live 2.5 billion different seconds each one being unique in how it's lived. In the moments of fear or expectation, seconds can last a lifetime. Waiting for my wife to answer whether she would marry me, that was a long few seconds. However, in the moment of holding my daughter's hands as we walked at the zoo when we first arrived here in 2014, seeing my son learn to walk, Watching my wife give birth, these seconds passed all too quickly. My hope today would be for you twofold. That you would walk away from the church today with joy in your heart about the time that you have left. And that you would not be afraid to risk that time in the future, to further God's mission. Time is oftentimes a perception. When you are a child, it cannot pass soon enough. It seems you are just in many holding patterns, things you don't want to do. These are moments where you brace, you grit your teeth and get through it to get to the things that you want to do, the fun. The fun is, at, the, at least at that point in our life, our idol. The fun is the only thing we want. It's what we put our hopes in. Fun will give me joy. It isn't true. True joy often comes through difficult circumstances. 
Oftentimes you've had joy that would be the opposite of what you might consider to be fun. It's funny how we often remark how wonderful our childhoods were, and yet we were only perhaps living in half or less of the time that we were alive, and the rest of it we were gritting our teeth and trying to get through it to get to the next thing. Time, at least at that point in our lives, we had too much of. As we get older, we begin to add work, service, responsibilities, and love. These things take time, and you find yourself with your head down serving through all these moments. Life is good. You are busy, but you are producing, and it seems a decent exchange. Time for production and accumulating the blessings of living. But time has shifted then in your perceptions. There is never enough now how you wish you could add in one more day, another week, another year in order to accomplish all the things that you have to do. The laundry list of wishes and accomplishments becomes our idol. Life will be perfect. Life will be grand when I just finish my list. But we don't want to admit to ourselves the list has no end. And it's not meant to have an end, because if our God has become our accomplishments, our idol will not give up our worship so easily. Eventually, you find yourself wondering, are all these accomplishments worth it? Are they worth the time away from family, church, and friends? Sure, I have done much, but has chasing the success of accomplishment made me happier. Suddenly, in a strange way, time itself becomes our idol. How can we stretch it? How can I get myself in better shape so that I can have more of it, at least quality, at the end of my life? How can I scale back what I'm doing to have more time? How can I simplify? I actually don't have any beefs with these questions. They're all pretty good questions. We ought to give a thought to what we fill our lives with. Does that moment or thing have meaning and purpose, or are we filling our lives with lots of meaningless entertainment? Are we fixed to a screen? Because we are afraid to ask the real question, how much life do I have left, and what am I going to do with it? But even these questions miss the point. Because our time wasn't given to us only to be used or thought of by ourselves. Listen to our verse again. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Our time was never ours to begin with. We were conceived and born at the Father's pleasure. We could have just as easily never have been born. The Father has created us for a purpose. And yet we rarely ask God, what should I do with the time that I have been given? A similar disdain in this list of disdain comes at the end of life. In the beginning, 
you wish you would be able to speed up time so that you can do what you want. At the end, you wish time would speed up again so that you could be with Jesus. During the Middle Ages of your life, you loved time, you reveled in it, but when you could no longer do the things you enjoyed or the work that gave you purpose, well, now I'm sick and tired of this stinking time. I wish it would just go away, be done away with. I want my fun now. I want my joy now. This in-between time is when I grit my teeth and push through, just hoping to get to the end. The idol is hard to see here, but it is there nonetheless. It is control. We live under a delusion that we were ever in control of our lives to begin with. And now we want control of how our life will end. God controls all things for our good. He is weaving together a tapestry of every step that we take. In His story to write, it is His story to write, we are merely actors in his story. For various reasons in our life, we greet time as an enemy, as something to be slogged through, as something we wish would slow down and then speed up. Rarely do we look at time as the gift that it is. Realize that this gift was meant for a purpose. Our psalmist tells us this, the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. And Solomon answers this thought with his own thought. I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. It gets exhausting to hear the sound of a ticking clock and think about all the seconds that are passing through our fingers. We get anxious. Why, you may not believe this, but people have even complained that services are too long. I know. Shudder the thought. We have important brunches. Or football games to get to, Pastor. We are sinners and we sin against God when we view time as our possession. As something solely meant for our use or for our pleasure. When it is a gift that was meant for joy. We were built for praise. We were built to praise God and that will be our purpose now it was our purpose when we were children, and it will be our purpose in the new heavens and the new earth. This is what we were created for. For all eternity, we will praise God for the mighty and wondrous things he has done for us. Every second, every moment of life is a moment to praise as we live in him and know that we are children of God. In other words, I don't mean for you to be sitting everywhere and be singing praise songs wherever you go, although that wouldn't be a terrible thing. But praising God is acknowledging that He is my Creator. He made me. He loves me. And He has redeemed me. I live my life every second knowing these truths. 
we know and believe and confess. This is our purpose. We do it in our vocations. You all have jobs and vocations that you fulfill, but inside those vocations, we live a life of praise, acknowledging the God who created us every second of every day, and while we sleep, the Holy Spirit does it for us. To be a child of God in this place, in his time, and in eternity, serving at God's pleasure, and the things that changes, and the thing that changes how we conceive of this ticking is that every second of our 2.5 billion seconds, every one of them, God is there with us in time and out. There was a moment when time seemingly stood still. Perhaps it really did. I don't know. Wasn't there. Didn't see it. On overcast twilight on a hill soaked with blood, a man who had suffered for sins he had never committed, he said to his father, It is finished. And he gave up his spirit. And he died paying for all our sins, especially how we have squandered God's gifts, even his gift of time. That moment was the beginning of the end. This is what we as Lutherans believe. The cross and resurrection put us squarely in the end times. It is only a matter of time before our Savior returns, this time to judge the quick and the dead, and then to make all things new, including us. The Lord changed our fortunes that day by washing us of our sins, he stopped the clock. All our idols fall away. Fun, accomplishment, control, because the most important question in our lives has been answered. What will happen to us at the end of our lives? Even if we run out of time, even if we die, we will inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ. We will inherit it by grace through faith in Christ. I thought a lot about this sermon and I wanted to have you walk away with some ideas and I want you to maybe think about this. I know sometimes I feel like this. Every second is not an enemy. The seconds in your life are not an enemy something to be angry with or to be afraid of. The devil wants you to be afraid of the passing of time. He wants you to be terrified that time is just this group, this section, this, this bag, and once you're out of it, you're out of it forever. That's what he wants you to think. But it's not true. In reality, every second is a small step the Lord takes with you toward your glorious resurrection. And that resurrection and eternal life won't be because of the myriad of accomplishments or all the fun that you had. That resurrection and eternal life was won for you by Jesus and given to you as a gift. Truth be told, I think many people live in fear of their deaths or at least at the fear of the passage of time. They don't have to be you could share with them your hope. And I beg you this day to throw off the shackles of your idols. 
Do not be afraid that you are running running low on time, for we have eternity to look forward to. And this life, this life is only but a moment. It is our natural inclinations that when resources are precious, and when the devil convinces us that time is a resource and it is precious, what we want to do, what we usually do, is we grab it all and we hoard it to ourselves. We pull it as close as we can to make sure that we don't lose a drop. But the Lord has seen to it that you have eternal life and salvation. He has taken away all your fears and anxieties and washed away all your sins. Why not take those moments, those seconds, and give them away. You could be the one to show them that the sound of a ticking clock, I had a technology problem here. I meant for the ticking clock to run the whole sermon, but about five minutes in, my video just stopped on me, so now I can't. I've been trying to reboot it, but it won't go. It's just It always works when I practice. It never works in, in what it needs to. I wanted this idea of you to be hearing this ticking, And for the ticking at first to bring you anxiety and dread, but by the end of the sermon, have you realized this? That ticking can be something we're afraid of. Have fear and anxiety over. Or we can learn to recognize it as the gentle footfalls of a great marching army of God as we walk towards perfect life and eternity with Jesus, who is our friend, and is our brother. We don't need to be afraid of the seconds as they tick by. They can remind us that we are drawing closer to Jesus. I used to take tests at seminary. They were long essay questions. Like, I mean, so the whole test would just be 25 essay questions. You could pick 10, right? So you just spend the whole time just feverishly writing. And the rooms would get terribly, terribly quiet. You know, because everyone's deep in thought and trying their best to write down everything that they remembered. And there was two things you could hear. I, I don't know why, but my, I've been a musician my whole life and sound has been important to me. And so it's, it's always the sounds that I remember. And I can remember two things. The sound of writing pencils. You ever heard that? When pencils or pens are writing on a desk, you can kind of hear a bunch of people all in unison writing or you hear the pencils drawing and the clock in the room ticking. It was that quiet. You could hear the tick of the clock. And that tick, every one of those ticks brought me so much anxiety each second as it went away, worrying if I was going to finish this next essay question. If I had only known that in that moment, every moment before and every moment since, God has been with me in word and soul. It was a second falling away from me into the nothingness of abyss, but it was a second drawing me nearer to Jesus Christ and the last day. Someday, perhaps soon, the ticking will stop and the joy in Christ will begin until that day. Let us live as a people who are unafraid to give of our time. 
let us be a people who say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you all very much. There's not a thing you can do about it. The Lord's blessings.